Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Kettlebell Kitchen is a goal-based meal delivery service that believes in fueling the body with high-quality, nutrient-dense foods to help you perform your best. Head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. Welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine. I'm here with Taylor and Nicole. Taylor and Nicole, it's nice to have you guys here. They are the owners of Elevate, and they are in sunny, sunny Florida. So you guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. So just to start off, can you guys go ahead and tell our audience just a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got to, I don't know, be here on the podcast today? Sure. So um, we started Elevate in 2013, and our goal has always been to show people that they are capable of strength training in a safe and fun manner, and um, basically just showing them the best way to get in the best shape of their lives through exercise effectively and nutrition. So we specialize in kind of our signature style of group fitness. Uh, we do a combination of, of different movements and um, different, you know, training modalities from powerlifting to like cross training, you know, circuit. We, we kind of mix everything in, um, but we do so in a fun way to where workouts are efficient. They're super fun. Uh, they're very structured. Uh, but on top of that, we also focus on addressing all the other kind of lifestyle things that affect people's. Uh, results and um, ultimately their progress. So nutrition being a big one, and then also personal accountability around um, you know managing stressors and water intake and sleep and all the other lifestyle things. Yeah, and it's taken us all of those five years to, <laughs> to like to figure all that stuff out, and it's still changing. But um, you know, when we talked to you last year and we were in that you know the article in Box Pro. Um, that summed up a lot of it. I mean, we've been through a ton of changes since 2013. We were a CrossFit affiliate at one point. We're not anymore. Um, and that's talked about heavily in the article, but, um, yeah, we've just gone through a lot of different iterations of our business and our training styles. And it it always kind of had the same mission, but it's just, it's looked a little different throughout the years. So we just keep honing in on that and, uh, really trying to become better leaders, better business people. Uh, and provide a, a superior service. Yeah, and, and so Taylor mentioned uh, that story that we did on Elevate uh, back in early 2018, and we we went into a lot of detail about your guys's you know changing the brand and and um, unaffiliating and all of that and why you did that. So if you guys want to read that, I'll link it in the in the show notes. So you guys can check that out. But yeah, it's very interesting to see how you've changed. But I can't believe you guys didn't know what you were doing when you first started. It took you five years <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. What the heck? <laughs> Yeah, you just sort of ran with it. <laughs> That's right. You and every other business owner out there. So, But what's interesting, so the reason why we sat down today is because um, since we've talked, you guys have seen some awesome success and growth at Elevate. Yeah. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, rewind. Let's go back to uh, when we last talked, beginning of 2018. Uh, what's happened since then? How, how What's happened and, and how have you gotten to where you are? Maybe where are you now compared to where you were a year ago? Yeah. So, uh, when you spoke to us, like we were in a, a state of like massive change, <laughs> you know, we just dropped our CrossFit affiliate. We, we had this whole kind of mind shift around like how we wanted to approach our gym moving forward, how we wanted to see it as a business. Um, and really just that, like just seeing it as a business was a big step. I think 
uh, us are, and a lot of other gym owners, they, they solely focus on like, Hey, I love to coach people and that's all we do here. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of a dangerous mindset in a way, because at the end of the day you, you are running a business. Um, and I think seeing it that way will actually make your services way better. Um, because you can provide more, you take it more seriously you're not doing everything. So you're not, nothing's being done, you know, half-assed. <laughs> like, so for us, um, at that time when we spoke to you, we were, we were working with, you know, like a mentorship program as far as our business goes. Um, that really helped us build out a lot of processes around sales, most importantly, um, and really having a constant sales cycle and a sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we never stopped marketing. And that's something that changed a lot from, um, you know, just months before when we talked to you, when it was like, we'd only market when we needed people, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, 10 people left this month. We need to market. <laughs> Panic. Yeah, exactly. And it, so we stopped being so reactive and just yeah. went into really being a lot more proactive and planned out throughout the year to constantly work on that stuff. So, yeah. And aside from, you know, realizing that we needed to constantly market and sell. We also realized that we weren't tracking enough within our existing business, um, that, you know, you can't measure or you can't track and, and understand how well you're really doing or not doing unless you're measuring a lot of things along the way. So we realized that a lot of the things that we assumed we were, um, doing, we weren't doing as often as we should have, or as consistently or as well as we should have on a regular basis. Um, so really learning to put things, you know, to pen and paper, put it into a repeatable process so we could measure, improve upon those things in all areas of the business, whether that's sales, marketing, fulfillment, you know, ascending customers, um, making sure retention stays, um, high, all those things that we just assume we're doing, um, but if you're really not tracking, you really don't know. You know, most gym owners say, oh, yeah, our retention's great. Like, well, do you track it? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and so yeah. <laughs> once you realize <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so we just, you know, learn to take it more seriously as a business and to, um, like Taylor said, take a more proactive approach and um, not be so emotional about things. Like, just really look at the numbers and um, make more intelligent decisions based on the data and the health of the business and the needs and wants of our clients. Um, so just like you said, maturing as business owners and taking it more seriously than just like, Hey, we're great trainers. We want to help people get in great shape. That's wonderful. But there's a whole other business that needs to be built behind that. Hmm. Um, so that has really been our, our focus the past year and it's, it's done wonders for us. Yeah. And at the time that we spoke to you, I think we, we had, I don't remember how many employees we Two had at three. that point, but yeah. we had a couple employees, uh, a couple part-timers, like one, one full-timer. And since then we have a team of eight now. So like, um, 2018 was really a huge focus on like, yes, we wanted to grow our membership and, and all of that stuff, but we knew that we couldn't keep trying to fill every goal. So, yeah. <laughs> um, since really just then we've hired, you know, now a team of eight. So we have people managing very specific roles. We have plenty of coaches. We have uh, like a full-time sales and marketing person. Uh, so that's really helped us kind of take a, a bigger, like a, just kind of have a bigger look at, at yeah, the big picture. You know? It let us step back and we're not so in it anymore as far as like doing every little thing. Um, 
and trying to do everything. Yeah. We've, we've, <laughs> we've empowered our team to, to do that for us. And we're just there to like constantly, that's been a big evolution for us is, um, just being there to mentor our team now. Like we no longer coach our clients as much. We're coaching our team to do those things. So that's yeah. been really the big thing. Yeah. And so Nicole, you were saying that you, you guys have matured as business owners in terms of mindset and stuff. So what, what led to that transition? I mean, and I know you mentioned that you have, um, a business consultant that you're working with or have worked with. Um, but I mean, was it them pushing you and challenging you to be like, Hey, shift that mindset or what, what led to that transition that then led to like tracking and systems and, and focusing on your staff? Um, for us, I think it was just getting us to take a very hard look at where we are, where we want to go and, and trying to figure out, you know, what are we missing? You know, what are the things that are missing? Um, you know, why aren't we there yet? You know, when we felt like, well, God, we're good at what we do. You know, there should be more people here. We have the ability to serve way more than we're currently doing. What's, what's the gap. And so I think for us, it was, um, our mentor getting us to kind of switch our mindset and our perspective around what it meant to be a business owner and what our roles and responsibilities should be. Um, and then it's important that we, delegate and understand that we're not great at everything, that we should be playing on our strengths and delegating, um, everything else out. Uh, but to also make sure that we are not making decisions based out of fear or with a scarcity mindset that we're doing so with an abundance mindset. Um, cause I think a lot of decisions, um, are made, you know, in everyday life, but especially in, in business, um, out of fear and with a scarcity mindset. So, uh, you know, just shifting gears and, and focusing on, okay, you know, I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of making this business decision. You know, I think a lot of us, especially in the fitness space, we get into owning a gym because we want to help people, right? We love training people. We love teaching them movements and empowering that. And it is hard to shift gears and say, you know what? I don't need to coach all the classes anymore. I'm going to let my coaches take over when, you know, it's like, well, I want to be the one that says, you know, or that, <laughs> that was able to teach her her first push up, yeah. you know, and it's kind of a selfish thing. Right. But you know, we can only physically train so many people. Mm-hmm. We can replicate ourselves and have a team of eight. How many more people can we serve? And so it's learning to understand that like, you know, you have to grow in order to impact the amount of people that we want to impact. You have to empower team members, um, that you are literally deciding to be small if you do not hire and grow your team. Like you are making the decision to impact way less people. You're making the decision to make way less money. You're making the decision to, you know, water down your services and, um, you know, everything that you could potentially provide if you were to have more manpower and people that specialize in different things. So just getting past that ego, you know, the fear of, oh, well, I can only do, you know, I'm the best person for the job. No one can do this like I can. Um, that's just not true. It's not true. There are people that can do things just as well as you can, if not better. Um, you just need to find the right people and you need to also provide them with the tools and, you know, prepare them and, and create an environment that's growth orientated, um, so they can thrive within your company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think definitely having, having some kind of mentor or a coach is like, I think it's really crucial, especially if you feel like you're stuck. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where we were is like, we needed to take the next step, but we needed somebody to push us. And we had tried, you know, we've, we've gone through, I don't know, several coaches and mentors and types like that, um, 
to find kind of the right ones for us. And, and we, you know, we kind of outgrow some of them. And, but uh, I just say advice for anybody listening to this, that like, if you feel like you're stuck or you're just kind of, you're plateauing, find somebody that can help address those weaknesses and like really push you to do the things you are a little afraid to do. (laughs) You know, like for us, it was like, we saw ourselves like, yeah, you know, we can sell, we do consults all the time. Like we sell people on memberships and all that stuff, but, but could we really sell and be comfortable with it? And Mm -hmm. that was one thing. Could we charge more than everyone else in our market? Yeah, exactly. And, And like, yeah, exactly. Were we brave enough to to charge what we know we're worth and and do that over and over and over again. So that was kind of the first step to breaking through mentally for us. And then it was just building all the, the other infrastructure and just continuing to push us to, to expand. So mm-hmm. that, that was really crucial. And I, I'm sure we'll have several more mentors of different kinds in the, in the future, you know, yeah. depending on what kind of scale we go to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, like, how much um, mentorship, I don't know, plays a role in so many different gym owners, business owners' lives and how important that is. So, yes. yeah, and so what you say, like, I think it's okay to grow. I think it's okay to outgrow your mentor sometimes because sometimes you just need to go talk to somebody else because they have different ideas. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we do that for our clients every day. Like, we are that for them. Right. So who are we to say we don't need that for, <laughs> for ourselves? Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I'm kind of curious, maybe, uh, could you guys give like an example or two of, of some systems, uh, specifically that were changed or integrated, um, in this, in this last year that have really helped elevate thrive? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them. So I think, and to kind of help other people give framework to this, I mean, look at different functions of your business. So there's, there's sales, there's fulfillment, there's retention, like there's lead generation. So you have to look at these different things and see, all right, where am I lacking the most? And, and that's where you need to implement processes or people or whatever it needs to be. Um, so for us, I mean, we have a retention system. Like we have, if somebody doesn't show up in this many days, we're calling them mm-hmm. immediately, you know, and, and if they don't respond, we're, following up this many days later and we're tracking it on this sheet and we're going through that every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a person that is in charge of doing that, um, there, and same goes for like, we're reaching out and, and handwriting cards to people and sending them in the mail. And, and these people get this card on this day and we're repeating that every other month or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So being consistent in those and, uh, and actually sticking to them because we've had, plenty of processes that we tried to do in the past that like, Oh, this is a great idea. And we did it for two weeks and then it just kind of puttered out. Yeah. Um, so, (laughs) you know, addressing retention that way. Um, same with sales, like having a, a sequence of follow up. Like if, if we get, you know, for Facebook advertising and we get somebody in on our lead sheet from that, we're calling them this many times until they answer. And what happens when they show up? Like, you know, you have to think about these these details when they walk in, how are you greeting them? Are you giving them a clipboard with our intro questionnaire? You know, all these little things, um, if they're not scheduling their appointment, are we reaching up this many times to get them on there? So, Mm -hmm. um, we've implemented processes for all of those things. Yeah. Each, each step along the way before they're a member, when they're a member, you know, while we're trying to convert them to a member, um, 
They all, there has to be a process there. And, and then you have to check on the processes too. That's important. You can't just send <laughs> yeah. it and forget it. <laughs> what? You can't? We all yeah. wish we could, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have to create the process around, you know, providing the solution to the person or, or, you know, creating some sort of result. And that needs to be checked on very regularly, you know, and then like Taylor said, there's the, there's the main core functions of the business. And so there's always going to be a weak point where, okay, this quarter or this month, I'm going to focus on improving this part of the business, you know, okay. sit so like lead generation. Great. You know, our sales is great, but maybe our, our retention isn't that great. We only keep people for six months. You know, how do we address that? Why is that happening? So you're constantly, again, if you're gathering the right data, which you have to gather the data first, you can make much better decisions as to what you need to focus on, what you don't need to focus on, mm-hmm. what process you need to put in place or create, or what type of person you need to hire in order to take over the process, you know, fulfill that role. Um, so for us, it was just learning what to look for, tracking as much as possible, and then creating sound systems around you know, lead generation, selling them, you know, fulfilling, you know, our end of the service, making sure we send them into potentially higher programs, um, getting referrals off of those people, um, making sure that, you know, our employees feel fulfilled and empowered and we're constantly training them and empowering them with new information and, and ways to grow within our company. So, um, it just, it never stops. You're, you're constantly trying to better yourself. You're constantly trying to better your team. Um, but it just has to be super consistent. I think that we all have great ideas, but we don't necessarily take action on them. And then like Taylor said, we may take action on them for like two weeks and then it just, it never happens again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard when you're not doing things consistently to understand if they work or not. No matter if you're looking to lose weight, build muscle, or just crush PRs, Kettlebell Kitchen is here to help make it happen. Head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. The life of a business and what's successful in running a business, it just runs parallel with training and what, what's yes, successful absolutely. in training. Like consistency. Yeah. Oh, key in training, key in business. Who would have thought? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm kind of curious um, in terms of the tracking, like let's say we have a business owner, you know, a gym owner who's not tracking anything and they answer your questions like, yeah, we think it's good. Where, I mean, where would you suggest they start? Because there's, there's a lot of things you can track. There's a lot of points you can look at, but maybe what have you guys found to be, Hey, these are, these are a few key areas that like when we started tracking them, it made a difference in our business. Yeah. Um, this is the stuff I nerd out on. Yeah. (laughs) Taylor's like, I am ready. (laughs) So again, like, so look at, you know, looking at those functions of the business, like we talked about, like lead generation, um, sales, fulfillment, all that stuff, you can, you can break it down into those. Mm-hmm. Um, but some very basic ones that I started with and built on was one, like, I don't care what CRM you're using, like whether Zimplan or Wattify or whatever, um, they all have their own reports and it can be very confusing because there's a lot of stuff in there that's, that's erroneous, right? Like they have a bunch of members that are on a free membership cause they're cleaning your place or this, <laughs> you know, like it's like, it's misconstrued. So, yeah. um, the thing that helped me the most is just doing everything on Google drive, first of all, mm-hmm. and creating like a monthly sheet for all of our recurring members and just weed out all the stuff that's not, that shouldn't be in there. All your coaches shouldn't be in there, all that stuff, whatever. Um, but we just have a list of all of our recurring members, right? And we start that each month 
And then you track, okay, how many members did I have at the beginning of the month? How many did I lose? How many did I gain? What was my net? And you can put in really easy formulas for seeing what was your growth rate based on, you know, from beginning to end of the month. Mm -hmm. Um, What was your attrition rate from how many did you have at the beginning and how many did you lose? Not net, but like how many did you actually lose? So if you have 100 members, you lost 10, you have a 10% attrition. Um, Those are just some very simple metrics that everybody should know. And you should know that at any given time. Um, because if you're just going by feel or you're like, you know, I think we lost this many members and we kind of broke even on them. Like that's not telling you enough. You need to know consistently what is your attrition what is your growth rate mm-hmm. and then how are you going to address that? Because uh, knowing that and then knowing what's good or bad on top of that. so you have some context, like speaking of attrition, you know, the industry standard is 10% for a micro gym. If you're at 10%, you're in trouble. Um, because that percentage grows as your membership grows. So if you have 200 members, that's 20. If you have a hundred, it's 10. So it's like, that's going to keep stacking up Mm -hmm. based on how many members you have. Our goal at Elevate is to be consistently under 5%. And I want to get to the point where 5% is like a terrible month for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where we've, ever since we focused on that and we said, okay, this is our number. It needs to be under 5%. We've been able to accomplish it. Um, but, but knowing the numbers so that you have a direction of like what you have to focus on is really big because if you're, again, if you're just going by feel and you're like, oh, I think our sales, our closing percentage was pretty good. Well, what do you have to back that up? Mm-hmm. So um, same goes for if you are doing outbound marketing like Facebook, uh, you need to know how much you're spending on ads every month, how much it costs uh, per lead that comes in and out of those leads, how many are showing up to mm-hmm. your gym, how many are not showing up, how many are purchasing out of all those leads and knowing those percentages. So you have, it's, it just gives you an idea of how consistent you are. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a 10% close rate one month and a 50% close rate another month, you need to see how that averages out. So, yeah. but I think a starting point is just looking at your current membership and knowing exactly how that breaks down. And then once you have that list of all your members, you just, duplicated each month, remove the ones that left, add in the ones that you gained. Um, and I also track what each one pays. So that gives you a real average of what is your blended average membership? <laughs> Most you know? people assume, Oh, everyone, you know, about 175. Like, no, yeah, like, yeah, your average is like 120. Right. <laughs> I charged 175 bucks. Like, well, what about all those $69 members that you had from before right. that are blended in there? So yeah. mm-hmm. that way, you know, okay, you know, what is my average revenue yeah. per member? Mm-hmm. And then you can also look at your expenses and see what your average cost and compare that stuff. Well, so, that's a great sheet to make as well. I don't think a lot of gym owners track fixed or adjustable expenses, like on a, on a straight up sheet, every, yeah. <laughs> you know, like what's expected to come in on that recurring revenue based on, you know, attrition. And then what are your fixed expenses? So it gives you real data to make great decisions, whether you can invest money in a little more marketing this month, you can truly afford to buy those assault bikes that you're dying to buy, which really (laughs) won't do anything for your business other than, you know, it makes you feel cool. Um, but it's just about having accurate data, Mm -hmm. accurate data. So the attrition, yeah, your, your revenue, 
membership, but also I think retention is really powerful. And so for us, something that's worked very, very well is tracking attendance. So if, if with your CRM, you should be able to log people into every single session and you should be able to tell, okay, how frequently is everyone coming in? You know, are they coming? Do they have an unlimited membership? Are they only coming twice per week? You know, that person needs a reach out, right? You have to be able to track that in order to understand and, and, and see if they're not coming in or how frequently they are. If it is Thursday and your member has not come into the gym yet this week, they probably need a phone call, right? Because you want to catch it before it becomes two weeks they've been disappeared. And a month later, you're like, hey, it's been a month. I haven't seen Susie. You know, so you want to catch those things very early. So tracking weekly attendance is crucial and reaching out to those who, for us, if they don't show up by Wednesday, they get a phone call or a text. Hmm. And they know it. They're like, just to let you know, I'm going out of town. Don't look me up on Wednesday. Well, and that's, that's the thing about consistency. And, and that's what I was talking about earlier is when you have team members doing this stuff and, and consistently executing on the tasks that you want them to, not only does it provide like a better service overall, but your customers know what to expect. Yes. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things, like for me as a consumer, I expect consistency when I go somewhere. Right, like if you like a restaurant, you want their food to be the same every time, um, and we want people to know. I haven't been in two days. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to get a call from Jackie, mm-hmm. and she's going to be asking me what's going on. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, since we've done that, people will text her in advance and apologize. I I know I didn't come in, <laughs> but like, but I had this thing come up. But it, it just provides a, a very consistent service. Mm-hmm. I think. Everybody appreciates that. Well, in a micro gym, accountability is one of the biggest things that people are looking for. And it's what we sell, but it's not always what we do, you know, yeah. if we're not tracking it. So mm-hmm. extremely valuable. That's what sets the part from, you know, mm-hmm. LA Fitness and all the big, big gyms. Mm-hmm. We care. We want our people to show up. So, yeah. yeah. Now, are different staff members responsible for, you know, following up with different uh, uh, members that come to your gym? Yeah. So we, we try not to have... Um, well, as far as different members, so we have we have kind of two separate things. We have new people coming in, um, and that's where we have one staff member who really focuses on them and making sure that their first like 30, 60, 90 days, they're being really consistently taken care of. Because um, I think that's a really crucial time when somebody's coming in, especially if you know, we've had people in the past that like they sign up for membership, they come in once and then you don't see them for a while. It's like they never really got started. So we set that expectation up front. So we have one person who's very much in charge of that. And she continues to do follow-ups on like progress and check-ins and stuff like that. And then we have another team member, um, who handles really all of our operations and she focuses on people who are already members. So they've already gone through that first 30, 60 days, and she's ongoing retention. And that way it's not getting mixed up into a bunch of different people's hands. Um, Our coaching staff helps with outbound things like sending out cards to people Mm -hmm. just so that there's a rotation of that and they're involved. But, uh, yeah, we do have a couple different staff members that focus specifically on Mm -hmm. two different things. Okay. And now, are all your uh, staff full-time? No. We have... uh, say we have like half of them are full-time mm-hmm. and then uh most of our coaches with the exception of one are, are part-time okay okay 
That makes sense. Yeah, I was just kind of curious how that was. Yeah, I mean, we, we try to have coaches be at least 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like the two hour coach, you know, so or the exchange for membership coach. Yeah. We don't really exchange for membership or anything like that. We do give all of our staff free memberships and for their spouse, but like, uh, we try to, we try to have people more engaged. So we really want them to be there at least 15 to 20 hours if possible, if not more. Um, and then they can build on that with personal training or whatever else they want to do. That makes sense. No, that's awesome, you guys. Man, so many changes. That's been crazy. So much. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So maybe looking back at this past year, I mean, I can even see how much your all's roles have changed. And I can see maybe how some um, gym owners are like, well, but I, all I do is coach and whatever. So, so when I hire new people and bring on coaches, then what do I do all day? What's my role? So I know, I know you guys do stuff, but, um, maybe you could speak to that a little bit, you know, talk about your new roles. Like what, you know, I know one thing you said is you help develop your team, but like, what, what do you guys do? What, what do you see as your role and your uh, focus right now? Well, I think, I mean, like anything else, it, it has to be a, a slow kind of evolution, right? So you just can't drop all responsibilities. You have to slowly, you know, make sure that you're making the correct hire or prioritizing the right process or thing. Um, you don't want to pull off too many band-aids at once. Uh, but I would say if you are a gym owner and you are coaching the majority of the sessions, the first thing you want to do is try to hire another coach, you know, or some part-time help to relieve you from coaching so frequently, because then that will free you up to then do the next big thing, which is, you know, make more money, bring in more cash flow, um, and focusing on more sales. Um, so for us, it was, it was really getting us off the floor, hiring some more coaches to free us up to then I could focus more on sales. Taylor can focus on more of the operational side. So putting those retention strategies in place, creating processes, you know, he's more of like the numbers operation. I'm definitely more marketing and sales. Um, so once we were freed up to do more of that, then we, then we made our next big hire, which was to, you know, hire Jackie, which is our operations manager. So she has taken over even more of the day-to-day stuff to where Taylor's just essentially checking in on those processes now. He's not actually, you know, doing them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've got to be able to get out of the day-to-day. I know it's hard, but you have to kind of invest initially um, in order to create the job that's going to ultimately give you more time, which will allow you to spend your time doing something that's going to give you a greater return on investment. So, um, yeah, we had a very distinct conversation, Nicole and I, like, yeah, we, we sat down and really actually wrote out what, like, what is everything we do in a day or a week or whatever? What are all our responsibilities? And we did this and we sat down and I think this was before we really even hired anybody Mm -hmm. other than like maybe one or two coaches. And it was like, these are the things that we have to focus on that Mm -hmm. we're best at. And then here's the things that we need to offload to somebody else that, that just aren't, they don't require our attention so much or they shouldn't. So, um, and that's, I mean, you can just look at all the stuff. There's like janitorial tasks. There's like so many things on there. Um, but what it came down to is that Nicole is really good and passionate about sales and marketing and I'm really good and focused on operations. And we just knew that about each other. So it was a good balance for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. To where, but we were still 
overstepping those boundaries a lot of times. And I was doing some of that stuff and she was doing some of this stuff. So we made a very clear line in the sand and we've, we've refined that over and over again that like, I am not going to step into sales and marketing at all, mm-hmm. you know, right. unless it's to support what she's doing and she's not going to mm-hmm. step into operations at all. So like it made that very clear. So those are the things that we focus on now. Um, so specifically for me, that means like I still kind of operate as like our head coach. So while I don't coach classes, I am in charge of the direction of our program. So I do all of our group programming and I help develop our staff uh, around that. So that's one role I have. So I'm, I'm meeting one-on-one with every one of our staff members every week. Uh, I'm running or help running our team meetings every week, putting out programming and then doing all kind of financial and bigger operational Ugh. things with the business. All the, all the stuff that, <laughs> Sounds like you have the right roles. Like keeps us on track as an actual business. Like he was an underwriter in our, in our past life. So it's perfect yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's perfect. But it needs to be done. You need to have someone in your business that does that. It's absolutely crucial. <laughs> right. And we've been able to over time offload more and more of the tedious stuff. So yes. now that we have an operations manager, she handles a lot of stuff that I used to, like simple stuff, even just ordering inventory or like, you Checking know, emails, we ran calls. out of toilet paper. <laughs> like we need, you know, like yeah. all of that stuff. And, and a lot of other very important things like billing and keeping up with memberships and stuff like that. Yes. But we just know now if it has to do with your membership or your, your, your money being paid to the gym, you talk to her mm-hmm. and I'm basically overseeing those processes, making sure they're happening. Uh, creating and refining processes that we need to do. And it's freed up more of our time to where we don't have to be at the gym 15 hours a day anymore. Mm-hmm. Like today we didn't go to the gym at all. Um, wow. What is that like? <laughs> it's weird. And it, it's still getting it's, used to it's it. It's really taken us a while to get used to that. And it's not because we don't want to be there, but we were more productive today going to a coffee shop and just doing our work yeah. and not being, you know, bothered or interrupted or distracted. Well, because every member that walks in, you want to be like, Hey, how are you? You know, it's so easy to just to, to want to be, you know, everything to everybody all the time because you know, we're, we're in the service industry, right? So So when we're at the gym, we are there because we want to interact with people. We want to help our team. We want to talk to our customers and shake hands and kiss babies. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're not there to like shut the door and ignore everybody. And we got caught in that mode for a while. Right. Yeah. So he's very operational. I'm very sales and marketing. So I'm in charge of making sure that we have multiple poles in the water as far as generating leads from different areas. So whether that's, you know, um, making sure that we're asking for referrals and incentivizing our members to do so, whether we are doing any type of social media, you know, paid advertising, whether we are focusing on just more, um, organic engagement on social platforms, um, improving our SEO, you know, all things related to getting more people being seen, uh, by more people in our area and then converting them into members. So, wow. That's, yeah. yeah. But two distinct roles and that's awesome. Cause that's probably really helpful. <laughs> yeah. It definitely clarifies things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Wow. You guys, so many changes. That's incredible. So, mm-hmm. so I guess probably one of my last questions for you all is what, what's next? What's on the horizon? Uh, do you guys have anything coming that you're like, we're so excited or is it just, Hey, we are, we are full steam ahead. 
getting down, grinding at this? There's a mix. I mean, we're never going to stop like pushing for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been a, a theme for us, but yeah, I mean, we see, we see our programs evolving. We see our, our services expanding. Um, but right now it's like our, our big focus is just getting back into our local community and, and just like getting so many different, uh, like Nicole said, poles in the water as far as like marketing and relationships and just being known around our area because we've spent so much time the last year developing internally and, and doing a lot of honestly like paid traffic um, that we just haven't been as in touch with all that stuff. So that's our big push is just kind of getting out in the community more, um, continuing to push our team mm-hmm. and, and growing that. And uh, But also I think it's important to not get distracted as uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. We tend to always want to do the next thing because it's fun and exciting. And so we can often – you know, lose our focus on, on something, um, that was working very well. And we split our attention and we start too many different projects. And, you know, a lot of gym owners get, Oh, I want to open a second location or a third one. It's like, but the first one isn't perfect yet. You know? So this so, is me constantly raining. In <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm a different person now. <laughs> she is, she's the idea person. And yes. I'm like the really boring, like, no, no, yeah, no, no. Right. Stop. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> but you're necessary, but so is she. So it works. Right. right. Exactly. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not as fun. Yeah. You're just not nearly as <laughs> fun. I'm clearly the life of the party. Um, but you know, it's, it's easy to, to get distracted and to get excited about new things and new ideas. And, um, like when, you know, our mentors always said, boring makes you rich. You've got to do the consistent boring stuff that, you know, frankly, no one does because it's freaking boring sometimes, but you know what? You just, (laughs) you, you master very basic principles. You refine them over time. You find ways to make them better, but it's still pretty much the same processes you do over and over and over again, every single day, every week, every year. Um, that makes you really, really successful. So we're trying to focus on staying focused. <laughs> yeah, just doing what works. Like if it's yeah, working, just doing what works. If it's working, then just keep doing it. Yeah. And you can refine it, but you don't have to change it completely. <laughs> right. And and you don't have to feel um I know I suffered with this and I, I still struggle with this. As business owners, we think that we have to feel so overwhelmed and stressed and stretched. Um to call it a successful day. And you don't have to be in over your head. You don't have to, um, you know, be doing five different tasks a day and, you know, playing multiple roles in your business. Um, really if, if the more I start to offload my roles and duties to other qualified team members, the better the whole business becomes. (laughs) So the less I do, the more successful we become. Um, but that was, you know, letting go of my pride, my ego, my fear around people not being able to do things as well as I did or as I could. Um, and now it's just about staying in our lanes and not putting our hands into other people's responsibilities or processes. Um, and just like honoring everyone's strengths Mm -hmm. and continuing to, to move forward with our, our mission and, um, just being very consistent with what we know that works because we've tested and tried a bunch of things for years. <laughs> yep. So Yeah. No, I think those are good, solid words. And again, parallel to training in any sport or anything like that. So, and I guess guys, last question, do you give gym owners one piece of advice 
I'll, since there's two of you, you can do two. You, you can each do one, or you guys can agree on one. But one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, man. Mine. I would say, uh, well, why don't you start? Um, for me, I know that having a positive mindset around money and sales was a big, big shift for me in the way that we made our decisions and has a lot to do with our growth over the past year. So understanding that uh, selling and asking for money uh, is not a, a bad thing. It's not a sleazy thing. It shouldn't feel gross. That if you have the ability to help someone and serve someone, you should absolutely find out the words you need to say, the conversations, the processes you need to have in place to get people to take action, to sign up for your program so you can really change their lives and make an impact. Um, because if you're not getting people to you know, sign up and join your program, you're not helping anybody. So not being so scared of sales and you know, developing a better positive mindset around money, around asking for money, around confidently selling your services, marketing yourself, um, has been really, really powerful for us. Yeah. Sales is not a bad word. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I, I would say just, it's, it's very close to that, but just that it's, it's okay to treat your business like a business. Yes. That's okay. It's not a dirty thing. Mm -hmm. You'll probably be a lot better for your clients and everybody else if you do treat it that way. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we treat things the way they're supposed to be treated, whether that's our bodies or our businesses, everyone yep. benefits. So, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, guys, man. Thank you. I learned so much. I'm sure our audience is going to be like, whoa, guys, I usually tell them, hey, take away a nugget. They have to probably take away several. So, um, but no, seriously, you guys, thank you so much for just recapping 2018 and, and sharing with, you know, just the Box Talk audience, like, hey, this is what we're doing. And this is what has been successful. So uh, it's been awesome to hear how you guys have grown and, and just even see the change, like even hear you guys just speak so confidently and I mean, I know that I'm sure there's lack of confidence in areas, but like you guys just, you just, you just know stuff and that's cool. So, um, yeah. And there's passion there, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today and just giving us your wisdom. And, um, yeah, I think 2019 is going to be another stellar year for you all. Yes. I hope so. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Kettlebell Kitchen offers meals designed by nutritionists, prepared by chefs and conveniently delivered so you can spend more time in the gym and less time in the kitchen. Use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. -E. As always, thanks for dropping in.